So why should we study the Bible? That's a great question, and I feel like that's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Why should I study the Bible? Why is it important to study the Bible? Why is it important to, to understand it? What, and basically, before I jump into that, answering that question, uh, I want to welcome you to this series on how to study the Bible. Over the next few Fridays, we're going to be diving into a bunch of different topics on how to study the Bible. We're going to be talking about why should I study the Bible uh, next week, we're going to be talking about um, not just why should I study the Bible, but how do I, how should I approach Bible study? And these first two teachings are very important to to get into before we actually dive into, you know, the tools that we need uh, that we can utilize for Bible study. And I feel like a lot of times, uh, at least our corrupted flesh would love to just jump into. Well, let's just go into the tools and let's go into the tips of how to study the Bible. I don't really need to get into the prerequisites or the introductory teachings of why should I study the Bible and, and you know, uh, how should I approach Bible study. A lot of times we want to just jump into, like, the meat of it. But if we don't lay a proper foundation, we're not going to be able to study the Bible properly. So I want to encourage you to make sure that if you're watching later in the archive, Watch today and watch next week's uh, teachings. Those are going to be very important before we jump into it. But we're, so we're talking about why should I study the Bible. We're going to be talking about how to properly approach Bible study. We're going to be talking about how, how did we get the Bible. I mean, honestly, that's a great question. How, how did we get this? You know, uh, you got 66 books written by over 40 men, and, and it was compiled over thousands of years. How, how did all of this come together? What... Uh, what does this, you know, how did that come about? How did we get this beautiful, majestic book into our hands? We're going to be talking about this. I mean, there are men and women who have died so that you can have this book in your hands. I mean, I feel like some we might underestimate just how beautiful it is that we have this book so easily accessible into our hands. But how did we get it? That Honestly, if we want to approach Bible study properly, we want to know, how, how did I get this book? How did, how did the Bible come into our hands? We're going to be talking about uh, Bible translations, understanding the difference between Bible translations, how they came about, and how we should approach certain translations or, or paraphrases. That's going to be a, a good topic. We're going to be talking about different tools that you can use for Bible study. And if you want to jump into that, honestly, in the description on this video, we have several tools that you can start utilizing now um, when it comes to Bible study to understand the Greek and Hebrew um, and, and, and the Aramaic and the different parts of the Bible. So if you go to the description, we have several resources for you right there. Um, we're going to be talking about different types of Bible studies. Um, it's not just studying the Bible, but we're going to talk about topical Bible studies uh, Word Bible studies. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, how to study through chapters and 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 uh, books of the Bible. It's going to be a pretty extensive series, and I'm actually really excited about it. But today we're jumping in uh, to this series with why should we study the Bible? What why why is Bible study important? Why why do we need to study the Bible? Well, I'm just going to jump in and say this. You know, the fact. And I said this already, but the fact that we have this book in our hands is, is a miracle. <laughs> the fact that we're able to study this word is a miracle. Uh, and 
And it's beautiful. I mean, we haven't always had such unlimited access to this word like we do today. Uh, up until like a thousand years ago, probably even more recently, you know, when the, the printing press came out, people didn't have access to the word like we do today. That's why a lot of revival started taking place when the Bible began to become more widely accessible. I, you know, when just the fact that we have this book in our hands is a beautiful thing. But I will also say this, you know, having such widespread access to the Word of God also has its challenges. Why? Well, now you have a bunch of people with unlimited access to this Word, uh, who, and you have people who can be very carnally minded, who can approach the Bible and approach Bible study from a very logical perspective and not actually led by the Spirit of God. You know, and we're going to be talking about how to approach Bible study in a little bit. But when you get a bunch of kooky people or a bunch of prideful people or people who want to manipulate scriptures to get their way, you're going to come up with a lot of demonic doctrines. And the Bible talks about doctrines of devils. So why is it important for us to study the Bible? Essentially, so that we don't get deceived. I mean, we, we're in a day and age where, where there's a denomination after, there's thousands of denominations now. And basically, all of them are claiming to be right. Some of them claim that the other denominations are wrong and, and demonic. And then you'll, you, you, ha, you have so many different schools of thought, so many different approaches to the Bible. It's all over the place. Uh, like, it's an interesting time to be a, become a new believer because you have, uh, I'm trying to think. I was talking to my wife the other day, and, um, and you know, when it comes to, like, diet, and when it comes to like finding a good diet for you, there's like thousands of different diets out there, all claiming to be the right one. You'll have people saying eating bananas is the worst thing you can do. Some people will probably tell you that a banana-only diet is the best thing you can do. You know, like it's an if you don't understand, uh, if you don't understand diet and exercise, you can get very quickly overwhelmed by doing some research on what what diet and exercise is right because you'll have a billion different opinions on it. And welcome to, you know, 2023 where there's a billion different interpretations and opinions on what this word says. We need to study the word for ourselves so that we don't get caught off and caught up in deceptions. I remember when I worked at Little Caesars, I had a, a coworker who was an atheist agnostic. He was kind of straddling the line there. Um, but uh, he asked me, uh, point blank, he said, do all Christians read the Bible? And I said, well, they should. <laughs> they absolutely should. And he said, well, if they, if they all read the same book, how come they can't agree on what it says? <laughs> and, and, and I was kind of taken aback. I was like, honestly, that's a great question. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. And so I actually took that to the Lord. God, that's a great question. If, if all the believers... Are, are reading the Bible. I mean, you have, you have Baptists and Wesleyans and Presbyterians and Catholics and, and you have all these different denominational uh, Bible colleges, people with doctorate degrees in theology and doctrine and they study, uh, they study this for, for years in seminary and, and they can't agree on what it says. God, why, why is that? You know, and I was asking him and I was genuinely seeking him. And this is what he said to me and you can put this in the comments. Why are there so many different approaches to, to doctrine? God said this. He said, because they study the doctrines of men 
not my word. They study the doctrines of men, not my word. I mean, we can spend so much time studying doctrine books, you know, going through doctrine, studying theology, and reading all these theology books, and and, and our devotion time can consist of just reading a devotional, which is like two, one scripture and then three pages of someone's interpretation of that scripture. You know, we can take all this time doing all these different studies, and, and it's not wrong to read books. It's not wrong um, to read books about God and about the Bible. It's not wrong to do that. But if that becomes, if that takes the place of our Bible study, we'll very quickly get off into wrong doctrine. We need to study the word, not just the doctrines of men. We need to study this word for ourselves. What made the Bereans in the book of Acts more noble-minded than all the other places that Paul went to? Because they, took, they received what Paul said, and they studied it according to the word, and they found it to be true. We need to know the Bible so that, so that we don't get so overwhelmed with all the different doctrines and theologies and all the different things you know, that can be brought to us. If we don't know this word for ourselves, we can very easily get caught off and got, get caught off guard. And so that's why, that's why when it comes to like your own personal devotion time, I would not recommend your devotion time be spent going through a devotional book. I would not recommend that or going through a devotion on the Bible app or something like that. I would recommend your devotion time be spent in the Word. And if the Lord leads you to go through a devotion, let that be supplemental to your Bible reading, but don't let that t- don't ever let devotional reading or reading books about the Bible take don't let that take place of your study and reading of the Bible. Why? Because you can very easily just start coming up and, and getting caught off in these different doctrines, but we need to study this word for ourselves. I, I, picture it this way. If I'm only taking supplements and not actually eating real food, I'm going to be malnourished, right? And, and, and I look at reading books and, and doing devotionals as a supplemental, as supplemental, or even listening to teaching, that's supplemental to Bible study. But this is the meat. Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but on, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let this be your guidebook. Let this be your meal. Let this be your meat. Let the word of God be your main course, right? Uh, when, when you come to church, that's your opportunity to taste and see that the Lord is good. But in fellowship with God and, and, and in study of the word, we need to have that time where, where yes, we'll get a taste of it, but we need to have fellowship with God, and we need to have be in the Word. Uh, we need to be in the Word ourselves. That should be our, our daily bread. Hey, Skylar. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Jennifer. Good to see you. Hi, Mom. Mom's also here. But we need to spend time in the Word ourselves, not just sp- spend all of our time listening to teachings about the Word. We need to study this Word for ourselves. Amen. So why study the Bible? Well, we don't want to be caught off. In, in deception, that's a very important thing. We don't want to be caught in, in deception, but, but I want to also say this, and this is probably the most important reason why we should study the Bible. And you could put this in the comments. I need to study the Bible so that I can know my Heavenly Father. Number one reason why we need to study the Word for ourselves. Why is it important to study the Bible so that we can know our God? Uh, Hosea 4.6 4, Hosea says this, And this is God's heart. Recognize God's heart in this. He says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
Because you have rejected knowledge, I, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also for, forget your children. Hear this. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that word knowledge is the same word that we see back in Genesis when Adam knew Eve. So my people are destroyed, not just because they... Now, yes, they're destroyed because they don't know my word, but they're also destroyed because they don't have that intimate knowledge and that intimate knowing of me personally. My people are destroyed. So number one, why do we, why do we want to study the Bible? Why is Bible study important? So that we can know God. So that we can know our God. John 3.16 you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Well, what is eternal life? John 17, 3 says this. This is eternal life to know God, to know him and the son in whom he sent. That's, what is that knowing? That's, the, uh, I believe the term is gnosko, to mean an intimate knowing of God, right? To know God intimately like a husband knows his wife. How do we know God? By, by studying his word. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So, number one, why should we study the Bible? So that we can know our God. Number two, and this goes in correlation uh, with, the first, uh, with the first point, and, uh, and I'm kind of phrasing this in an interesting way, but it, it makes a point. Why should we study the Bible? Number two, so that we don't die. Amen. Why should we study the Bible so that we don't die? You can put that in the comments. I want to study the Bible so I don't die. Amen. Right? My people are destroyed. Or uh, I believe it's King James that says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. God's people were literally dying because they didn't know God or they didn't know his word. Um, If you look in the Old Testament, their Bible was the law of Moses. The first or the first five books of the the Bible, right? We got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Or they knew it as the law of Moses. It was all one book. It wasn't five separate books, but it was all one book to them. And uh, I want want you to hear what God's instruction for the people at the end of Deuteronomy. This is God's instruction for the people uh, at the end of Deuteronomy. Hear this. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 10. Then Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the time of the year of remission of debts, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place which he will choose, you shall read this law in front of all Israel in their hearing. What's he saying? Because Remember, this wasn't a day and age where everyone had a Bible in their hands. This wasn't a day and age where everyone had the Word of God in their hands. No. They were fully dependent on the priests uh, and on on the rulers to bring this law before them so that they could hear it. This is what he says. Every seven years, gather Israel. As Israel is gathered together, read the entire law to them. Read all of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Read the whole thing to them in their hearing as they're all gathered together. Why? Why is that important? Well, let's keep reading. Assemble the people, the men, the women, the children, and the alien who is in your town, so that they may hear and learn, and hear and learn, and fear the Lord your God, and be careful to do all the words of the law. What is the fear of the Lord? What is, 
What, is, what does it mean so that they may learn and hear? He basically is saying, I want them to understand who I am. I want them to understand that I am a deliverer, that I am the one who brought them out of Israel. I want them to hear and understand that I'm the one who, who is leading them into this land flowing with milk and honey. They need to know who I am. They need to fear me, be in awe of me. They need to, to learn to understand who I am. So keep this in front of them. Keep this in front of them. Let every generation that rises up hear this book of instruction, right? So that they can hear and know. Their children, right? Their children who have not known will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess, right? Every generation needs to hear the word, right? You'll, you'll hear uh, throughout, the, throughout Deuteronomy as well. Write this book of instruction on, on your doorpost. Put it around you, right? It's not a bad thing for us to, to get those corny, you know, plaques from Hobby Lobby that have scriptures on them. We, the Bible instructs us to write it on your forehead and, and have it on, on your being. Put it on the doorpost. Have it everywhere. Why? Because we need to get the word of God in front of us. Every generation that rises up needs to hear the word of God. It needs to get passed on or else they'll forget God. If we're not studying the Bible... And, and not just studying the Bible for ourselves, but also carrying it off to our children, to the next generation, they'll forget God. God will get forgotten if we're not intentional to carry it off. But he's saying here, every seven years, keep this book of instruction. Now the question is this, did they do it? Did they follow this instruction? Well, the first time we have recorded in Scripture that all, that all of the law was, was uh, read to them was in Joshua 8.35. That's the first time. Joshua, several years later, as they, enter, as they were entering into the land, he, he, they read the, the book of the law in front of everyone else. The next time, hear this, the next time that we have uh, written in Scripture that the book of the law was read before all of Israel was 661 years later when King Jehoshaphat uh, brought the law out and had all of Israel read it in 2 Chronicles uh, 17, verse 6. That 661 years later. Now, you wonder why we have the book of Judges where Israel rises up and then they get, they get uh, taken into captivity and then God brings them a judge. And then they get taken captive again. And they're in and out and up and down and things are going well and things are going bad. And, all of, and it's just a whirlwind. They, they stop serving God. They forget God. They, uh, you, you start to kind of see the Old Testament a little bit differently now, right? Because a lot of times I've read the Old Testament and it's like, and then this king, king rose up and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Come on, just be good. <laughs> be right. Be, be holy. But... But they didn't have the word of God before them. They, they, they weren't keeping it in their eyes. They weren't keeping it in front of their ears. You know, 661 years later. Okay, the next time we have recorded in Scripture, after, after Jehoshaphat, 280 years later, Josiah, King Josiah, found the law in the temple. They, they, were, they were going through, and they found these scrolls, and they pulled them out, and they're like, what's this? Like, how insane is that? That they completely forgot about it. They were going through the temple, found these scrolls, pulled it out, and they're like, oh, this is the law of Moses. Let's read it. And this is the time that they read it, and they were weeping. They were like, we've missed so much. 
How much have we been missing? This is God. We, we haven't fully been serving Him. We haven't fully understood Him. 280 years later, they found it on accident in the temple. Why? Why? Because they weren't diligent to keep it before their eyes. They weren't diligent to keep it before their eyes. And now you can see why so, so many of them were taken captive, why things were going up and down and left and right and all over the place. They, they weren't diligent to carry it on and to pass it on. They weren't diligent to keep it before their eyes. Didn't, didn't God tell Joshua, and this is another reason why we should study the Bible, so that we can prosper and succeed in all we do. So let me say that as our third point, right? Why should we study the Bible so that we can prosper and succeed in everything we do? A uh, heavy devotion to studying and ingesting the Word of God equates to a successful life. But a lack of study and a lack of devotion to the Word of God equates to a difficult life. John, I, I heard Jonathan Shuttlesworth say that. Light time in the Word, miserable life guaranteed. Heavy time in the Word, successful life guaranteed. Man, well, I'm, if I want to be successful in life, I should probably spend some time in the Word. Amen? But that's not what the Israelites were doing, right? After, uh, after Josiah, the next time was 300 years later when Ezra uh, came in and they were rebuilding Jerusalem after, it was after uh, the fall of Jerusalem, right? Ezra and Nehemiah came in, rebuilt the walls, rebuilt the city. And, uh, and that's the next time Ezra read the book of the law in front of, in front of all of uh, Israel right there. And uh, you hear this. That lack of obedience to that instruction could very well have caused so much heartache and pain and turmoil in the life of, of Israel. But that's why God said to, to, to um, that's why God said to, uh, to, why am I drawing a blank? To Joshua. <laughs> that's why God said to Joshua, study Joshua 1.8. Put that in the comments, Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. This is the New Living Translation, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, hear that and put that in the comments, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Why should I study the Bible so that I can prosper and succeed in life? Again, light time in the word, miserable life guaranteed. A heavy, heavy time in the word, successful life, guaranteed. Why should I study the Word? Number one, so that I can know my God. Number two, so that I don't die, right? My people perish for lack of knowledge. Number three, so that I can succeed in everything that I do. Study this book of instruction. Meditate on it day and night, right? There's, you, you see, you see multiple, dis, uh, uh, multiple uh, commandments that God has given Joshua, and it's the same thing for us today. Study this book of instruction. Meditate on it. Don't just, don't just read it and forget it. Meditate on it. Think on it. Let, let the Word of God get in your brain. Think on it. Think on it. Think on it. Because as you meditate on it, as you dwell on it, it gets into your heart, right? As you meditate on it, it gets into your heart. Meditate on it. Uh, he, he says, uh, let it never depart from your mouth, going into the New American Standard. Let it never depart from your mouth. Speak the word. So, so study the word, meditate on the word, speak the word, and then do the word, right? Be careful to do all that is written in it. So I need to study the word, 
I need to meditate on the word. I need to speak the word and I need to act on the word. Because if I just study it, but I don't actually live it out, I'm not actually studying it properly. If I'm not letting the word of God change me, then I'm not studying it properly. Right? I, I said this earlier this week, but when I give my life to Christ, I forfeit my right to have an opinion. My opinion from this moment forward is whatever this Bible says. Whatever this book says, that's my opinion. Well, how can I, how can I frame my opinion to, what, to God's opinion if I don't know what God's opinion is? I need to study it so that I can carry it out and so that I can do it. So you can put that in the comments, right? If I want to succeed in life, I need to study the Word. I need to meditate on the Word. I need to speak the Word, and I need to do, be a doer of the Word. You read that in, in, in the book of James, right? Don't be a hearer of the Word only, but but do it. <laughs> Amen. Do it. Do what the Word says. So why should I study the Bible? Number one, so that I can know my God. Number two, so that I don't die. Number three, so that I can prosper and succeed in everything that I do. Well, uh, let, let, me give you this, um, let me give you this verse as well. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. How blessed is the man. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the word of God, right? How blessed is that man? That man is blessed. And what, what's the fruit of that blessing? His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. See, this is, this is a love of God and his word. I love God. I love his word. I, I, I'm addicted to it. I meditate on it. I think on it. You know, you think and meditate on the things that, you, that you're hungry for. I'm hungry for His Word. I'm hungry for, for my God. I'm hungry for, for His things. I meditate on it day and night. The, and this is what it says. This is the fruit. He will be like a tree, firmly planted. Firmly planted. What does that mean? When the winds come, I'm not blown around. When the winds come, I'm not, I'm not, I don't crash and burn. I'm firmly planted. Jesus said it this way in the book of Matthew. He says, he says, those who hear my words, those who hear my words and does them is like a man who builds his house on a rock. The winds come, the, the waves beat against it, but it does not crash. It, it stands firm. But those who hear the word and, does not, and hears my words and does not do them. It's like the, a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The same winds come, the same waves come, but great is its fall. Recognize this. And this is part of the blessing, right? This is the part of the blessing of studying the word and acting on the word is that when winds come, when waves come, I'm firmly planted. I'm not, I'm not tossed around. I, the, the waves and the winds of that the enemy might try to bring into my life, the storms that may come, I'm not blown around by them. The storms don't dictate me. Uh, the storms don't determine whether I'm joyful or sorrowful. The storms don't determine whether I prosper or whether I fall. I'm not just, well, this is the, the hands that were dealt to me. No, I don't, I don't let life dictate whether I'm successful or, or not. I let the Word of God take me into increase. But if I don't study this word and if I'm not led by it, when the waves come and the winds come, I'll, I'll crumble. I'll crumble and I'll fall and I won't overcome those things. 
or it'll take me a long time and I'll struggle throughout the process. But if I know his word, if I know his word and if I have that fellowship with him, he's always leading me to triumph. But how am I supposed to know that? Because that's 2 Corinthians 2.14. How am I supposed to know that if I don't know what his word says? Right? When the devil came against Jesus and, and, and tempted him in the wilderness, what did Jesus respond with? He responded with the word. Right? He responded with the word. Because he had an intimate fellowship and an intimate uh, and an intimate knowledge of the word, he was able to combat the devil. And recognize this, the devil used scripture against him. The devil tried to use scripture to, te to tempt him. Hey, jump off the pinnacle of this temple because the Bible says that, that your angels will, will, will come under your wing and you won't dash your foot against a stone. Recognize the devil knows scripture. Going back to what we were saying before, about why should I study the scripture so I'm not deceived because there's a lot of people in the world today who use scripture to pump their deceptions and to pump doctrines of devils, right? Because they haven't rightly divided the word of truth. Like Paul says to Timothy, we need to be a laborer worthy of our hire, rightly dividing the word. But if we don't rightly divide the word, the devil will bring a scripture and we'll be like, oh, you know what? That sounds about right. You know, let, let, let me do something that God's not actually leading me to do, that God's not actually directing me to do. Or that scripture's out of context, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with it anyway, right? We need to study this word so that, we, so that we aren't caught off in deceptions, but so that we prosper and succeed in all that we do. Amen. Why study the word? To know God so that we're not deceived. Uh, why should we study scripture so that we don't die in that deception? Why, do, why should we study scripture uh, so, that, um, so that we prosper and succeed in all we do, so that our life is blessed Right. Uh, let, let me give you this one. Right. And, and this goes back to Jesus using it a, as a weapon. Right. The, this is our sword of the spirit. Right. This is our weapon against the enemy. Why should we why should we study the scriptures so that we can effectively fend off the attacks of the enemy? Right. Why should we study scripture? Because the scripture is our weapon against the enemy. Realize this. I, I don't think a lot of people fully understand this um, because Many people have developed this doctrine that whatever happens, happens, uh, you know, and it's all somehow a part of God's sovereign will, that every bad thing that happens was God's will, that every good thing that happens was God's will. But that's contrary to scripture. Hear this. All heaven and earth, angels and demons are bound to this word. They can't do anything outside of this word. They can't do a single thing outside of this word. They're bound to it. They're bound by the word of God. God himself cannot do anything outside of his word, else he'd be a liar. If God operated outside of this word, he'd be a liar. So if he said in this word that if we, according to John chapter 5 or James chapter 5, if his word says, is any of you among you sick, let him call the elders of the church and they'll lay hands on them. Uh, anointing their heads with oil, and the prayer offered in faith shall save the sick person. Hear this. This is the word of God. God and, in, and all of heaven is obligated to fulfill that scripture. They're obligated to fulfill that scripture. They can't operate outside of the word. Now here's the question though. Have many ministers laid hands on the sick and that sickness had seemed to prevail? In, in natural logic, uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, so is that scripture wrong? A lot of people would say yes. A lot of people would say, oh, you're taking that scripture out of context. No, really, if you look at the scripture in its fullness, you've got to ask yourself one of a couple questions. 
was the prayer offered in faith. Because it says the prayer offered in faith will save the sick. So was the prayer offered in faith or was, or was the, the person praying or was the person receiving? Was there a part of them that was saying, maybe he will, maybe he won't. And according to scripture, that's a double-minded man and they shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord, right? So if they're not praying in faith, hear this, then there's no, that, then that scripture is not able to fully manifest in that situation, right? But we can, we can, but we can completely throw that scripture, throw scripture aside and then say, well, I prayed for this person or I know this person and they were in faith uh, as far as I know, and they didn't get healed. So therefore, I guess it's not always God's will to heal. When, his, when the word says that above all things he wishes that you prosper and be in health, that, that that's his will, according to his word, right? But, but if we're not rightly dividing this word, we can see and experience and we can completely throw this away, right? And many people have done that because they haven't rightly divided the word or they've assumed that their experience supersedes the word. It doesn't, right? All heaven and on earth, all angels and demons, they cannot operate outside of the word. However, if I choose to not put my faith in this word, and, and, and according to scripture, let's say the Bible says that you'll have what you say, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruits of their words, right? So if I, with my words speak sickness over my life, I've just given heaven and earth full right because they can't operate outside of this word. I've given them full authority to bring sickness into my life. Oh, no, I, you know, this is, I, I'm depressed. I just gave all heaven and earth full reign and right to enter in and, and bring depression and let that become a stronghold and a weight that I can't break off. When the Bible says that he's given you that God that the anointing in Isaiah 61 will give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness or depression, right? That heaviness that's on you. There's a way out, but if I choose to stay in the mess and in the problem, I'm giving heaven and earth a right to, rem- or I'm giving that, that demonic spirit of heaviness a right to stay. Not everything that happens is somehow God's sovereign will. But if we're not rightly dividing the word, we're not going to be able to see that. And, and here's the scripture that I have to back all that up for, for anyone who might be like, well, that's not true. That's not biblical. Well, right here, re- read this with me. All right. What, and this is an important reason why we should study the word. Deuteronomy 30, 30, verse 19. Again, this is at the end of the law, right? The very law that God, that, that God gave to Israel that he said, hey, study this book of instruction. Hey, read this every seven years to everybody that they weren't actually fully doing that. Deuteronomy 39, 30 verse 19. I call, this is God speaking, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Hear this. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you. Hear this. I have set before you life and death. This law, this word, God, this law and this word has officially been programmed into this world. It's been programmed into this world. Heaven and earth has been pre-programmed to follow this word, right? I have said it before you. I have pre-programmed this world, heaven, angels, demons, and earth, and the way that the fabric of this earth responds. When you sow into this earth, I have pre-programmed it to respond to 
to, to your response to this word, right? Because this is what he goes on to say. I have set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. So choose life so that you may live, you and your descendants, right? What is God saying? Right now, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Uh, it's in this word. Study this word so that you can know what the blessing is and so what you can know what the curse is and so that you can know that the curse has no right in your life and the blessing has every right in your life. But it's based in it and it follows your choices. It follows your words. It follows your knowledge of my word. If I don't know what, what's rightfully mine, I'm not going to command for that thing to be mine. I'm not going to... As the word says, right, this is why, this is why we can, this is why it's so, it's so dangerous to say, well, you know, everything that happens is a part of God's sovereign will. Why is that dangerous? Because the Bible says whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, right? See, you hear this, pre-programmed, heaven and earth, angels, demons, they, they are bound and loosed, both of them. By my word, by my understanding of God's word, by my understanding of what has a right into my life and what doesn't, right? Doesn't the Bible say in Galatians 3.13 that, uh, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law? What's the curse of the law? Anything that you read in Deuteronomy 28 or anything you read within the book of the law, that's, that's a curse, which includes sickness, which includes poverty, which includes struggle and toil and lack. Just read Deuteronomy 28. That's the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from those things. So if I'm in Christ, I'm redeemed from those things. But if I don't exercise my right to, to loose the blessing and to bind the curse, I'm allowing it to remain. Do you hear that? All heaven and earth is pre-programmed. So if I don't know what's mine by studying this word... If I, don't, if I don't remember his benefits, right? Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who satisfies your life with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, right? That's Psalm 103. But I'm not going to be able to operate in the benefits if I forget them. How do I forget them? By not keeping this law before me, by not studying this instruction, Right? So that's why it's so important for us to know what's rightfully ours in the Word by studying the Word, by studying God's Word. So, why should I study the Word? So that I can know what's mine. And so that I can rightfully take that authority, take this sword of the Spirit. And if the enemy tries to steal something from me, I'm adequately equipped to be able to fight that attack and to be able to fend him off because he has. Hear this and put this in the comments. The devil has no defense against the word of God. The devil has no defense against the word of God. The Bible talks about how it's a double-edged sword, right? Uh, it's a double-edged sword. It's God's word, right? Uh, doesn't Jesus, remember Jesus, out of his mouth proceeds a double-edged sword. I, the word comes out of his mouth, and when it comes out of my mouth, the devil has no right. The devil has no defense against the word. As I take, and I, with my words... Bind and loose. With my words, come into agreement with what God has already said. You think about it in a court of law. If, if what, what kind of miserable lawyer doesn't actually know the law? 
doesn't actually know what his clients have rights to, right? Uh, how am I going to be able to adequately fight for my right for something if I don't even know what my rights are? You know, and, and when we are studying the book of this book of instruction, when we study the word, it helps us to know what belongs to us so that if the enemy comes and tries to take it from us, we don't just yield it up to him and say, oh no, I guess it's the hand that my life gave me. No, we can rise up and say, no devil, I bind you and I loose the power of God. I loose, no curse is allowed to operate in my life. But if I don't know what the curse looks like and what, what cursed is, I'm going to treat it as normal. And Brother Tracy says it this way. Uh, Brother Tracy Harris, he said, God, God spoke to him and, and told him, my people are calling normal what I call a curse. See, if, if, we, if we don't understand what's rightfully ours, if we get caught up in wrong doctrines that, that tell us, well, whatever happens, happens. Que sera, sera. You know, it must be my lot in life. It, this must be my thorn in the flesh. This must be God's will for my life. We won't know until we're in heaven, right? This, this passive, I'm just going to let life. What, what literally is that in biblical terms? I'm tossed around by every wind of doctrine. Uh, you know, I, I'm like a child, and undisciplined, and tossed around by every wave, right? When the storm comes, when the waves come, when the winds come, I crash under them and just, oh, I guess this is God's will for me. No, God does, that's not God's will for you. God's will for you is good. His plans for you are good. question is, are we just, I want you to hear this. Why would we believe something like that? Why would we believe that? Well, probably because we've been taught the doctrines of men and not the word. We've grown up just hearing people say these things all the time. We, we've been taught this. We've been trained this. We, the world has taught us to think a certain way. And when we read the Bible, we only read with, we, we only, we, we've only approached it from that lens, that worldly lens of, of, of you know, what we've been taught and trained. And so we'll miss the scriptures that lead us to triumph and we'll only see the scriptures that lead us to, to sorrow. And we'll, we'll read this book through a lens. I, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. Make sure you're here next week as we talk about a pro, how to properly approach Bible study. Because we can get off if we're not approaching Bible study properly. right? So why study the Bible? One, so that we can know our God. So that we can know Him. Number two, so that we don't die. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Right? So that we're not deceived, because it's the deception that leads to our, to our downfall, right? So that we can be successful in all that we do, right? So that we can prosper and succeed in all we do. So that our life is blessed. I'll say this, why study the Bible? Because it makes life more joyful. The Bi studying the Word produces joy. This is what uh, Jeremiah said. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found... Your words were found, and I ate them, and they became in me a joy and a delight or rejoicing in my heart, for I have been called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Hear that. Your words were found, and I ate them. What, what, what is I ate them? I made them a part of me. When you eat something, it, it becomes a part of you. It, it breaks down, and it goes into your body, and it becomes a part of you, right? When I take the Word of God and I ingest it and I study it and I make it a part of who I am, what's it going to produce in me? Joy and rejoicing. When I study this Word, it should not produce in me sorrow and pain because if I'm, doing it, if I'm studying this Word properly, it'll produce in me joy. 
Even when I come across Scripture, like even when I read through the book of Lamentations, <laughs> I can find joy in that. Why? Because if I'm studying Scripture in fellowship with God and in His presence, there is fullness of joy. God gave us this word to produce in us joy, not sorrow, not pain, not struggle, but He gave us this word to produce joy. Now, when, when this word becomes a part of us, what's it going to produce in us? Joy. It'll produce in us joy. Now, are we going to find places in the scripture that might not be fun for our flesh? Yeah. Is there going to be part? I mean, what's the book of Lamentations? Why, why is Jeremiah lamenting? He's lamenting because God's people are not inheriting God's plan for them. They're not fully walking in it. That's why he's lamenting. That's why he's sorrowful. He's not sorrowful because this is, this is God's will for them. He's being sorrowful because they have such a promise and such an inheritance, and they're not walking in it. Why? Because they weren't walking according to his word. But, and this is Jeremiah speaking. Jeremiah, the one who said, it became in me the joy and rejoicing in my heart. The same one who wrote the book of Lamentations. God's word produces in us joy. Amen? Psalm 19, verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. One more verse, Ephesians, or, or yeah, so, so you hear that, right? That it produces in me joy. And I'm going to give you one more point. Remember, why should, we, why should we study the Word? Because we love God, right? Because we love God. We want to know Him. We want to know Him intimately. And, and another reason to study the Bible is so that I don't miss it, right? So that I don't miss it. How am I going to know what God wants me to do? if I don't know his word? How am I going to know what God doesn't want me to do if I don't know his word? Didn't Paul write in Romans chapter 7, how would I know not to covet if his word didn't tell me, do not covet, right? How do I know what grieves his heart? How will I know what grieves his heart if I'm not in the word? How will I know what I should or shouldn't do if I'm not studying his word, right? Uh, The Bible says this, uh, and this is King David, right? The person who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. I mean, how many of you want to have that testimony? I want to be known as a man or a woman who's after God's heart. And, and, and what was his heart? Well, uh, this is what he says in Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. And hear this. Your words have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why should we study the Word? Why should we do this? So that we can treasure God's Word in our heart so that we won't sin against Him. God, I want everything that I think, everything that I say, and everything that I do to bring you glory. Because of that, I'm going to devote myself to studying this Word. I'm going to devote myself to ingesting your Word. I'm going to devote myself to keeping this Word before me always. Amen. Amen. And that's the heart of why, why should I study the Bible? I want to glorify God. I want my life to point to Him. I want my life to point people to Him. I don't want to get caught up in, in wrong doctrines. I don't want to get caught up in, in bad theology. Uh, I don't want to get caught up in those things. I want to just get caught up in Him. I just want Him. I love Him. Now, now let me say this. There's a lot of people in all... In, in pretty much every denomination that has a genuine heart to serve God, has a genuine heart to know Him, a genuine heart. 
but they can be off in different things. Let, let me be completely transparent with you right now. There are things that I might believe at this moment about the Word that aren't right. That's why I need to study the Word so that I can continue to grow up and be more like Him. And if you're like, well, if there's things that you believe about the Word that aren't right, then why should I listen to you? Why should you listen to anybody? We're all growing. We're all learning. We're all, we all should be studying this Word. Because I'm not just studying this Word to confirm what I already believe. That's the case. Man, I don't need this. I don't need anything else. I don't, you know, if, if everything that I believe is perfect. No, the re- that goes back to why I said, when I, when I give my life to Christ, I forfeit my right to an opinion. Whatever this Word says, that's my opinion from this moment forward. But how am I going to have... But, but you, you realize what that means, right? That means as I'm reading this, this uh, word, I need to be willing to lay my opinion on the altar of the word. I need to be willing to lay my opinion on the altar of the word and, and, and challenge and say, all right, word, all right, God, Holy Ghost, help lead me into truth. Help lead me in, into what's right. And I'm going to lay my opinion on the altar. And as I read this word and as I study this word, my opinions should change according to this word. My opinions, not, not every single opinion that I have, some opinions that I have are right. But, but I need to be willing to let this become my standard. Put this in the comments. The word of God is my standard. The word of God is my standard for everything. The word of God needs to be my standard. My standard for doctrine, my standard for belief, my standard for faith is the word of God. That's my standard. The Word of God is my standard. And so if I want to effectively serve God, not get caught up in deceptions and doctrines of devils and wrong theologies and not get caught up in all of those things, right? Again, I'm telling you, next week is going to be a very important teaching uh, next Friday as we talk about a proper approach to Bible study. You'll want to be here for it. Um, But I want everything that I do to serve and honor my God. I'm going to study the Word. Right, put, put, put this in the comments, going back to Jeremiah chapter 1, or Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Right? I need to study the Word. I need to meditate on the Word. I need to speak the Word. I need to become a doer of the Word, and then I'll prosper and succeed in all I do. Amen. Then I'll prosper and succeed in all that I do. Why? Because I'm in Him. And I'm, I, the more I'm in Him, the more... I'm like him, right? I'm like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Let's look at that one more time. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted. He won't be blown around by every situation, by any wave. He's planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. I believe the New Living says in every season, right? There's fruitfulness by me being planted and rooted in the Word, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Whatever he does, he prospers. Amen. Man, I just want to be like my God, and God is prosperous. Everything my God does prospers, and I want to be like him, so I need to study his Word. I need to be rooted in his Word. Amen. Well, Guys, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray uh, the Ephesians 1 prayer over y'all because we want to make sure that, we're, that as we study and as we approach Bible study, we want to make sure that God's rooted in it. 
that, that he's the foundation of it, that he's the source of it, that he's the one leading it, that he's the one guiding it, that he's the one bringing us that wisdom. And so we're going to pray Ephesians 1, that God gives us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And as he does that, we're going to grow and we're going to go up. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for this series. I thank you for writing this series on my heart. And God, right now, I pray for every single person watching right now. Father, give them and grant unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. God, when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to theology, when it comes to an approach to Bible study, Father, help them to help their eyes to be enlightened. God, let them avoid deception. Let them embrace truth. God, let them put on humility to be willing to lay their opinions on the altar of your word and so that they can follow you in, in fullness and in honor and in integrity and so that their life prospers and so that everything that they does increases and that the world may look at them and know, hey, their God is good. Their God loves them. Their God cares for them. Their God supports them. They have a true and a loving God because of the fruit that abounds. God, let their eyes be open to know what you're doing and who you are. God, let them know you deeper as they learn to study your word. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Did this help? Did this help anyone today? Did this kind of help you get a better understanding and a better esteem of the word and a better esteem of what God has made available and put in our hands? I, I certainly hope so. And I'm looking forward to, to diving deeper into this next week. Uh, as we jump into how to study, as we continue this series on how to study the Bible. Uh, do us a favor, share this broadcast, spread this word. But I want to give you this uh, quick, two quick resources uh, now that we're at the end. And um, this, is a, this is a book right here called How to Study the Word um, by Terry Lawson. Um, in the description, we have, this, uh, we, ha- we have the link to this if you want to buy it, How to Study the Word by Terry Lawson. This is a great book. Actually, a lot of things... That, you'll be, that, that, that will be coming in the series, I, I learned from this book. This is actually our textbook that we use in our How to Study the Bible course here at Impact University, um, uh, which is an incredible, accred, it's a credible, yeah, it's definitely credible, but it's an accredited Bible college here at, at Boomerang Church. Um, it's connected to our ministry, um, but, and we, we teach this, uh, the, a course on how to study the Bible. This is our textbook. This is a great book um, by, by, bro, by Brother Terry Lawson. I believe he's a part of um, uh, Kenneth Hagin's. Uh, I think he's con- was connected to Kenneth- Brother Hagin, yeah, uh, with Rama Bible Bible Church. So this is a great resource. Also, another great uh, study Bible is the the Dakes Annotated Reference Bible. Uh, I have it in the New King James Version. Um, this is a great reference Bible for you. Um, it, you know the point that came out of this series, and, and again, the link to this is also in. Uh, the description below as well. They also have it in the King James Version. Uh, thank you. Yeah, the, the links are right there in the comments. Uh, this is a great uh, study Bible as well by a man who doesn't, um, whose commentary does not discredit signs, wonders, and miracles. So this is a great uh, resource as well. Um, but with that being said, uh, we're going to be, we're gonna be and, and again, in the description, um, there's more uh, there's there's more uh, resources as well. Uh, e- eSword, uh, Bible Software, we, Bible Hub, um, which is a great free online resource, and uh, 
Blue Letter Bible. There, there's different resources there that you can jump into. And we're going to actually go into how to utilize some of those in a later teaching. But I just wanted to give those to you right here just so that uh, if you want to utilize those resources. But guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We, we sow this broadcast into you. All, all that we do, uh, we sow it into you. But if the Lord is leading you to sow into this ministry, if this ministered to you and you're like, hey, I want to help support getting this out, I want to help support what's going on here. You can go to giveww.org. Uh, you can partner with our ministry, uh, with, with, with What's Right Ministry. There at giveww.org, there's a button um, there that you can utilize. Um, we, you can give on, uh, with a card once or recur- on a recurring basis. We got PayPal, crypto, text to give. You can give Cash App, Venmo, all those different ways. You, you can access that at giveww.org. But For anyone that's going to sow today, I'm going to pray specifically that the Lord blesses that seed. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Father, your word says, whatever a man sows, that he shall reap. And as long as this earth remain, seed time and harvest shall remain. God, you pre-programmed in the fabric of this earth that when man sows, he shall reap. When woman sows, she shall reap. God, according to Galatians 6 verse 9, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he shall reap. So Father, right now, pre-programmed in the fabric of of this earth, angels are are looking right now at the seed and they're going to be sent out to operate and to bring a harvest based on the seed sown today because they're pre-programmed to operate according to your word. And your word has made many promises on seed time and harvest. So God, every seed sown today, we declare it blessed. Pressed down, shaken together with good measure, may men pour out into their laps. Angels go and bring in the harvest on this seed quickly. We receive it and we thank you for it. And right now, in Jesus' name, according to your word, we bind up any demonic thing that might be trying to hinder and keep the harvest. By faith in your word now, we call the harvest to come into the hands of the believers. And we receive it and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you receive it? If you receive it, put some hands up in the comments. But guys, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, And uh, we'll see you again next week. Love you guys.